0: so i married an alcoholic is sponsored by realtor and are you looking to buy sell or lease real estate even if you're not in greater philadelphia reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area realtor and a baby at gmail.com welcome ladies and gentlemen derelicts addicts straights gays shorts fats normies royals peasants cats dogs and everything else in between. It is season two episode six of the world famous. So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I am your upper class white trash host Chris and I also happen to identify as an alcoholic.
1: And I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic.
0: How are you my love?
1: I'm good. You forgot to greet the queen tonight.
0: Hello queen.
1: And Frank Sinatra is with her now.
0: Frank Sinatra is with her now. We have also added I believe that's Tricky Dicky Richard Nixon yeah maybe it's
1: like the 1960s version of a bobblehead.
0: yeah except the head doesn't bobble
1: no it's just creepy
0: we've uh, obviously filled the studio with all sorts of updated figurines
1: <laughs> Yes, the more the merrier
0: Megan's grandmother passed away about two months ago now maybe yeah I think so and uh, I had met Mimi over at the estate de colombo and mimi was literally rifling shit into my car i know i was like stop it
1: it's hard it's got to be hard losing your parents or getting rid of the house and like wanting to keep things but also not wanting to have them so i think her solution was to put them in the trunk of your car
0: so I can have the, all the things.
1: Yeah, I walked in our garage the other day and I'm like, what is this? I have no idea, just a bag of things.
0: There's a meat slicer in there. There's a bed frame.
1: All kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> there's a piece of the couch because uh, Megan had to get her fucking Peloton.
1: <laughs> Do you always call me Coco Melon?
0: I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then there's also a rock in our window. Interesting story behind the rock.
1: Very. So it's back from when um, the Phillies won the World Series in 1980, Mm -hmm. and I guess they were partying in the streets. My grandfather owned a butcher shop on the corner in Northeast Philly, and it had like the big glass windows.
0: There's many corners in Northeast Philly. Care to be a bit more specific?
1: I'm going to mess it up. I know it was like right across the street from St. Hubert's, which I think if you know Northeast Philly, you know that area.
0: I, I, the is Mayfair section. Close to Kensington.
1: I don't think it's far, but it's I don't know. You know I can't get around Philly.
0: Can you get hookers or drugs on that corner? I
1: think now you can, yes. But back in the oh. day, it was more of the Italian meat variety.
0: Hookers or drugs?
1: Um, it was like a very homey, lovely neighborhood. Anyway. During the partying and so celebrations, none of the above. yeah. During the partying and celebrations, someone threw a rock, or a rock found its way through my grandfather's store window, mm-hmm. and he wasn't upset by it, but he wrote in permanent marker on said rock commemorating the event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this man—he framed it, not from Philly, nor. I mean, was he a baseball fan? My grandpa? Yeah.
1: Yes, and from Philly.
0: I don't think he was.
1: Yeah, he grew up in Philadelphia.
0: Didn't he come from Italy?
1: No, he was born here. Only my grandma was born in Italy.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: I think it was his grandparents that were born there. Both ah, his parents were born here, too.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: he was the American one. Okay. Um, and a huge baseball fan. We grew up going to baseball games because he catered then for the Phillies. He used to cook the meal that the visiting team ate after every game.
0: Not the home team.
1: No, I don't know how he got that gig. Well, I do actually. So my aunt was uh, waitressing at the Phillies because she was a teacher and off in the summer. So that was her summer gig. And whoever was supposed to be catering that night canceled. So she called and said, Dad, do you think you can do it? And he's like, yep, no problem.
0: Do you think you could whip up about 60 dozen meatballs?
1: Exactly. And that's what they did. They made full out Sunday dinner and brought it up there. So the guy said to him, all right, you want it as a regular gig? and he said yes so then he cooked for the visiting team he's got great stories or he had great stories about it like all the different players he met players that used to tell him that Philly was their favorite place to come just because they would get to eat my grandmom's homemade gravy and (laughs) like like think about it like now they're probably getting hoagie trays you know what I mean but back in the day they were literally getting homemade brujols
0: Mm. yeah delicious
1: but it's a pretty incredible story actually so we grew up going to the ballpark interesting yeah
0: let's talk about the lost art of the sunday dinner
1: i know we said we were going to bring it back and we haven't yet
0: i think we tried to but then the pandemic happened and like everybody had kids and i
1: know there's so many children in our family right now
0: and then there's a bird dog and i don't know life's complicated you know? know
1: maybe this sunday let's make it a goal you have anything this sunday nope around dinner time maybe we'll pencil it in maybe I'll reach out to the other family members, and we'll try to get something on the box.
0: That's good. That's good. Speaking of reaching out, I'd like to just throw a a feeler out there, if you will.
1: Okay.
0: We are sponsoring a couple of events coming up.
1: We are.
0: Uh, This is going to be uh, for the McMasters. Yes. Which is a uh, golf tournament that Megan's family puts on in honor of the other side of the family's grandparents.
1: The Irish side.
0: The Irish side, that's right.
1: They didn't cook the meats or the spaghettis, they drank the beers.
0: Which is why this is a a perfect golf event. Yes. So anyways, the Realtor and a Baby team, as well as the So I Married an Alcoholic team, is sponsoring a lunch table.
1: Yes, we are.
0: I am looking for ex-Hooters girls, ex-Strippers, ex-somethings. To man the table.
1: I don't think we man the table. I think we just pay for lunch.
0: I just, I have a feeling there's going to be more business involved if there's more breasts involved.
1: Doubt it, bro. I'm just saying. Take that right off the table.
0: Sex sells. Do not
1: defame.
0: I don't want the breasts, Megan. The golfers, the people want the breasts. If you have learned anything from history, it is that Caesar gave the people what they wanted. Not that kind of tournament If they wanted death in the Coliseum, Caesar hath delivered
1: It's a classy event
0: If they want boobs at the golf course, Chrissy hath delivered
1: No one requested that it's not that kind of it's not that kind of place
0: I feel like they would if they knew it was an option I don't know So you have to tell people it's an option
1: We'll debate it at Sunday dinner and see how it goes over.
0: I don't think that's a good idea because you'll lose. Well, yeah, only because, like, I'll get the disapproving dad look from your dad, and then, like, Mimi will be like,
1: are you not? You should start working on your disapproving dad look. You're going to need it. No. Yeah, I think so.
0: I will never disapprove of any of Frankie's choices. I will teach her, like, every parent should teach their children how to properly and respectfully evade the law.
1: (laughs) Oh, God bless Frankie.
0: I think that's the most powerful gift you can give to your children. Smart. Speaking of gifts, let's yes. thank the sponsors. Yes. Marlane Graphics, the studio sponsor, MarlaneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs, and Realtor and a Baby, RealtorAndABaby.com for all of your real estate needs.
1: And we're still in the market for peddlers. If anyone has their padded shorts and their indoor cycling. Legs, we are needing you for an event June 4th to 5th at Lincoln Financial Field in support of Team Foster.
0: That is correct. It's teamfoster.org. If you want to sign up, just go to teamfoster.org. Don't forget the .org. It is not .com. No. .org.
1: And uh, you can join a team. Go under So I Married an Alcoholic. You'll find us there. Uh, we also have the link right on our Facebook page and our website.
0: Yeah, I think we can add it. All <laughs> right.
1: So join us to pedal or just donate money to our team in support of veterans.
0: Absolutely. You know what one of the best parts about doing this podcast is? What? Receiving, like, just... The super, I don't know if touching is the right word or heartfelt or however the proper way to describe that is, but just receiving those messages and communicating with people and knowing that there are people out there whose lives we are touching, even perhaps in the most insignificant way, like really means a lot for me.
1: Oh, me too. Absolutely. We I, love hearing any feedback.
0: I don't want to say that this is hard coming down here and doing what we do, but I think it's like anything else, doing it on a consistent basis and growing an audience, et cetera, et cetera, is truly a grind. And when we get those emails, when we receive that feedback, it's, um, you know, it's just such this amazing, like, reward. I don't know if that's the right way to put it either. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's truly just touching so please continue to keep the feedback coming it's so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and of course uh, any of the podcasting platforms that you listen to us on hit the stars write us a review tell your friends like the post share the posts etc etc
1: keep spreading the word
0: now shall we PSA okay in the words of the great Coco Melon, <laughs> the compost scraps go in the compost bin.
1: <laughs> Is that one of your favorites?
0: Yes. <laughs> Our deepest sympathies go out to uh, Rick's accent. Unfortunately, <laughs> Rick will not be joining us on this episode, which means there will be no. Uh, Hardcore northern New England accents, nor talk of Boston baked beans or, you know, my father beating the shit out of us or anything like that. It's just, you know, business as usual for us this evening.
1: But we thank him for being on. We had a really great time.
0: Not for nothing, but that was, I think, one of our highest listened episodes in the first week. So kudos to your fake ass accent, bro.
1: (laughs) Bring in the followers.
0: Love it. And that brings us to the topic of the evening dry January
1: yes
0: which wasn't actually a thing until I think recently right
1: yeah so it's funny I like looked it up I actually thought it was like one of those like Instagram things not like an actual thing but apparently it was like a public health initiative put out in England really yeah in like 2012 or 14
0: I didn't know that's actually where it got its start from
1: yeah so cuz I I googled it not that I actually had this knowledge Um, Chris and I were talking about, like, what should we talk about tonight? And I said, oh, why don't we talk about, like, you know, January into February, wrapping up dry January, uh, what that is, what it means, what it means for normies versus alcoholics.
0: I mean, as the resident alcoholic, I can tell you that was something that was never attainable for me.
1: No, never.
0: I spent literally, I've said this before, it's no secret by now, decades of my life in and out of addiction. Sometimes there were long stretches, you know, six months, eight months, something like that. But there were numerous times in my, you know, struggles, if you will, that I was like it's 10 o'clock at night. Can, If I could just go to bed tonight and then wake up tomorrow and get to work and have a normal schedule, I will be okay. Like the the thought of not drinking for a month voluntarily was just not something that was attainable for me, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I trust me. I know. <laughs> if anyone knows, it's me and it maybe the queen. But I just, um, so it started out as like a public health initiative. Basically, like, all right, people, give up alcohol for a month. It'll put you in a healthier place. It'll, you know, curb your drinking. It'll save you money. And for some people, they thought, oh, what a great little challenge. Mm. And I think they're of the normal variety. I do think there's some people that, Do dry January with the thought that maybe alcohol is playing
0: a part.
1: I think, have you ever heard those people that are like, I stopped drinking because I realized it added no value to my life. Pussies. (laughs) But I think of it as the opposite, right? Like it wasn't that it added no value to my life. It was that it destroyed every single thing in it. And yet it was Mm -hmm. the absolute only thing I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was the only thing that would sort of tame the voices, so to speak, right? Yeah. And whether that was career, family, marriage, love, whatever it was that you were going through, it was either going to enhance that experience or maybe make you be able to uh, get through it better.
1: Right. Or like a Tuesday. Like, there didn't have to be a monumental event,
0: (laughs) right, Uh, that
1: required a drink.
0: Maybe I just, like, made some sort of monumental event up in my head so it wasn't like, you know, (laughs) I blacked out at the bar at 6 o'clock at night.
1: Well, you're alcoholic, so there can always be a monumental event. I'm
0: celebrating a work victory.
1: Talk about mountain out of molehill, right? Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) But it's just interesting. I think when you think about the comparison between people that are normal and people that identify as alcoholics... Um, Or maybe don't identify, but are on their path to being or maybe discovering. You know, I think if you struggled hardcore through dry January, and I don't mean, oh, it's Friday night. I wish I could have a glass of wine. But like the shakes and the sweats and the dying for a drink. And it's all you can think about.
0: The the anxiety that goes along with it. And it's uh, literally it consumes you at some points.
1: Yes. I think um, Dry January could have been a revelation for you.
0: No, I need, I needed something a little bit stronger <laughs> than Dry January. How's that for a drug addict statement? True story. I, I would be interested to see or if there even is any data out there that says that, you know, th- two million people start Dry January with the idea of seeing it through And then what does that look like come February 1st? Is there a certain amount that actually, well, I'm sure there are or there is a certain amount that succeed 100% not cheating. I I would be interested to see what that looks like in terms of how many people end up not drinking like forever after that, you know?
1: Yeah. I didn't read a statistic that said forever, but I read somewhere and I forget where that one poll found that 4% of people continue dry January after January and that doesn't mean that they went on to live a sober life but they extended dry January
0: right they're not hitting the halls of AA February 1st now i think it's i do think it's interesting though in terms of new year's eve What's what's the thought process behind that i'm going to go dry January just because like You know, I don't want to wake up on Saturday or Sunday mornings feeling like shit until five o'clock in the afternoon. Or is it more leaning towards, well, maybe I do have a problem reflecting after the big holidays, November, Thanksgiving, obviously, December is Christmas. A lot of partying typically happens in there. Like we talked about the holiday work party, obviously all the family gatherings, things like that. Does that plant the seeds, so to speak, in people's minds? Like do they start to question their own alcoholism?
1: I think maybe based on like whatever experiences they may have had over the holidays, you know, their behavior at a holiday party or even watching someone else at a party or a gathering, missing part of a holiday because of drinking too much or not remembering. Um, quite honestly though, I think when you talk about new year's and dry January, people look at January 1st as like a fresh start, Mm. you know, Oh, it's January 1st. I'm no longer going to eat carbs. I'm going to work out five days a week and you know what? I'm going to give up alcohol too. Right. You know, like it's kind of that, it's just like when you're starting a diet, like when did diet start? Monday morning. They never start on Tuesday night, you know what I mean? I mean, you're thinking about it, but you're like, I'm gonna start first thing Monday morning. People always give themselves some sort of, I don't know, benchmark to start at. And I think January 1st is that for a lot of things. So I think that's where it kind of falls in for dry January. I don't think anything special happened in January.
0: No, I mean, besides the 85 birthdays that we have to celebrate, no, I mean, there's nothing outside of, of course, like you just said, the fresh start for the new year. There's nothing, you know, like monumental about January. In fact, it's probably one of the worst months on record if you think about it. So
1: let me tell you where my alcoholic brain just went. Ooh. Would January be the month I would pick? Maybe because I like outdoor drinking in the summer and sitting outside in nice weather. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up July. But January is tough, too. You could be snowed in. Like, what do you do with that?
0: <laughs> a whole
1: month without alcohol? What if it snows? The kids have snow days. All those wet clothes to dry over and over and over again. How could you do that wine free? That's an alcoholic.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I think I'll settle on February. You know why? I don't. This is the shortest month. Ooh. Right?
0: Good call. Come
1: on. You're a terrible alcoholic if you hadn't thought that through.
0: No, really? Yeah, no. Oh God, I'm a sick fuck. Yeah, you are.
1: <laughs> That's
0: It's okay though.
1: Exactly what was going through my mind. Like, would I choose January? If someone said to me you had to give one month, and here I am having to give a whole lifetime now.
0: I mean, I think I would choose January because again, like I said, it's it probably one of like the worst months out of the calendar year because there's not a lot going on in terms of holidays and things like that. Um, there's also, you know, the whole weather thing, I I guess, depending on, you know, what part of the country you live in, uh, the short, the days are definitely shorter and nobody is taking their boat out on the lake to go tubing or anything like that in January.
1: Right. So you don't have to worry about that temptation. Yeah, exactly. You can kind of hibernate. Exactly. All right.
0: Which is what I did best. I isolated. So do you
1: think that this was, um developed by alcoholics like they pick January thinking like maybe this is the easiest month to kick it off.
0: I mean again now that we've had that discussion about you know it's that typical reset time of the year maybe it was.
1: Yeah all right so talk about the hibernation why don't you go into that a little bit.
0: Uh, I think it's just easy again after the whole play up or build up of the holidays. You know, you have to be well, I mean, you don't have to. There's no like legal requirement for you to show up to Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I think for me as, you know, a drug addict or an alcoholic, that's sort of when things kind of like when I was allowed to sit in my own shit, like after the holidays, after seeing everybody. Uh, You know, I'm walking into the Christmas party thinking that everybody's judging me because I either look like shit or, you know, bags under my eyes or I'm running around the place with my hair on fire because I'm lit the fuck up. I just, I think it's easy to isolate in January because of, you know, those own inner feelings of inadequacy as well as the weather. There's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of expectations to do things socially when it's five degrees out. And I think it's just super easy to, you know, again, just sit in your own shit for that month.
1: So if you were an an isolated drinker or user, which most are, right, most alcoholics, most addicts, Mm -hmm. like to isolate, um, is there a time then that was the worst for you every year? Was it January because it was coming off those holidays where a lot of times you were able to kind of avoid your family or friends or people that cared about you because, you know, they can only make you feel bad about yourself and that wasn't their intention. But, like, you only feel bad because you do love them and they love you. You know what I mean? So, is is that your worst month? Or was it?
0: No, I don't think so. Again, I think that, you know, because of a, a myriad of factors, it's easier to isolate in January or February because of the cold weather or whatnot. But I don't think that that was, for me, you know, my worst months. I, I'm sure, you know, if, if I wrote down in a, an Excel spreadsheet, which just shows you how much of a tool I am, like the events that happened in January versus May or something like that, I can almost assure you there was more. Uh, g- glaring missteps in the warmer months.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: You know, because again, I, maybe it is because you are out being social, and people are like, "Holy shit, how can you walk around that fucked up?"
1: Yeah, and not even out. Like I loved drinking on my deck; that made me happy, mm. or uh, gave me a false sense of happiness. Right. Um. But yeah, no, I agree. For me, nicer, warmer weather days were always harder. Yeah, it's always always harder. I've said that's actually a quote-unquote trigger for me.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's almost easier to uh, feel those sort of natural endorphins when, like, the sun is shining and, you know, you're in sort of that party mode, if you will.
1: Yeah, you can tell yourself it'll be different this time.
0: And oftentimes it's never different. It's just a repetitive cycle of of endless bullshit
1: I'd actually like to argue that it is only different because it's worse every time
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think in terms of that like you're not wrong
1: right like that you know anytime an alcoholic has maybe had a little blip of sobriety and then gone back out the hole you dig the the darkness that you go to either physically, emotionally, legally, whatever the situation may be, is worse every single time.
0: I mean, it often can be, which is almost a, a blessing and a curse as well, right? Yeah. And it's a blessing if you are recognizing, you know, these events one after the other, after the other, after the next, et cetera. And it's a curse because oftentimes when you're in the throes of addiction, it takes a monumental breakdown or setback or whatever for you to take a step back and look at yourself and be like, oh my God, maybe I do need help. Maybe I need to to change something. And I think oftentimes it starts with a, well, maybe I'll switch to beer instead of wine or, you know, something to a lesser degree instead of cutting it out completely, which again, just perpetuates the cycle for you to you know go into that next event or that next weekend and act a fool and then something terrible happens like a DUI or you know there's some sort of legal consequences to your actions and then you're like okay maybe now I need to stop
1: yeah and this disease is always progressive
0: it absolutely is
1: if you are truly an alcoholic you will never be able to drink like a normal person
0: no and
1: I think that's what makes me sad When I think about dry January, Hmm. that's like the unicorn for
0: us. (laughs) That unattainable goal.
1: It is never going to happen. No. And as grateful, uh, you know, we're grateful recovering alcoholics. We are grateful for the journey we've traveled. We are grateful for our sobriety. I would be a complete fucking liar If I didn't say there aren't days that I wish I was a normal person.
0: I agree with that completely.
1: Yeah. And I think that's just honest, you know, like.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, do I I, do? I wish that I could, you know, attend a work function and, and have a couple of beers like a normal, responsible human being. And then go home to my wife and family like a normal, responsible human being. Yeah, you're absolutely goddamn right I do.
1: Yeah. But But the
0: the reality is, is that as soon as I have that first sip or maybe those first couple of sips and then the wheels start turning, I'm off to the races.
1: Yeah. Even before that. Yeah. You know, the plans in place, the thought is there. Once the mind starts going, it's one sip and you're done so.
0: And I think that's what separates, you know, the quote unquote alcoholics from the normies you know the normies can have those couple of glasses of wine or i guess there's just a a better way to put it would be that there is an off switch
1: yeah definitely
0: like i never had an off switch my off switch was my body shutting down (laughs) and and no longer allowing me to consume xyz substance didn't matter what it was
1: yeah it was unconscious
0: exactly that was off
1: So we salute you, everyone who did Dry January, no matter what your intentions were.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations.
1: Whether you stayed sober after, whether you were able to classily pick up a glass of wine on February 1st, or whether it brought you right back to the trenches on February 1st.
0: Or whether you ended up in rehab and you're listening to us from rehab on the phone that you're not supposed to have.
1: I was going to say, are they playing us in rehabs?
0: Well, let's hope so.
1: Then we've made it.
0: I believe we have, darling.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to challenge yourself to not drink. It may cause some soul-searching. If it's harder than you thought it was going to be, maybe you should take a deeper dive.
0: I was going to say, you were like, you know, challenging yourself. I would say sometimes it's not a bad thing to question yourself. Yeah. And I think that that goes hand-in-hand hand with, you know, alcoholism, your career, parenting, whatever it whatever it may be. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to step back and say, am I doing the best that I can do for blank? Right. because Does this cause an issue? And whether this is drinking, drug use, golfing, bird dogging.
1: Right. And, you know, am I doing the best for blank? I think the answer is always no, because we can always do better.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I don't know. So what would your dry January be? So now that you don't drink, right? You don't drink, you don't do drugs. We should have done this. We should have picked something like our nemesis, our whatever, to make a dry January. We could pick another month. Ooh, I like this challenge.
0: I would say... Probably. I mean, definitely smoking, right? That's something that I should definitely be considering, but hard fucking no. I was going to
1: say, you're considering that? Uh,
0: My next second nemesis would probably be, like, sugar. Yeah. Or, I don't want to say unhealthy food, because I think anything cooked with butter makes it more delicious. Yeah, sure. Which, by default, makes it unhealthy.
1: What's the point in being sober (laughs) if you can't taste butter? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, no, I would say that, and I think this also goes along with the whole alcoholism thing. Like, I crave sugar.
1: Yeah. Oh, it totally. Did. That's like a science thing.
0: Yeah. Well, we all know that you're, you know, a CNA or something, whatever it is that you do in your shitty life, career, whatever mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would say that I eat an unhealthy amount of sugar. Actually, case in point, I had settlement today, and then I had to go pick up Frankie from... Uh, Mimi and Pop's house on the way home I had a couple extra minutes to kill so I decided to stop at the Target
1: and grab 12 Red Bulls
0: no I've Red Bulls in the fridge (laughs) how dare you I grabbed some snacks for Mac Which was really snacks for me because it was Gushers and fruit roll-ups.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And I keep buying
1: them for school lunch boxes and they're gone by Tuesday because Chris hustles in about six packs of Gushers and four fruit roll-ups every night.
0: They're so good though. That doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, well, it's not about you.
1: I know. I'm just saying. You do. You love the sugar. So
0: I think that that speaks to, you know, something I should probably give up. Also, I'm sure... You know, your aunt and your uncle, the dentist that live in the 16,000-square-foot estate, would probably appreciate me cutting down on sugar. Yeah. Because it's less dental work they have to do further down the line. Very true. So maybe that's something that I'll consider in the future. But <sighs> I could never do, like, diet.
1: Now You know what? Like, I like diet that about soda. you. It's oh, like, no, that's I love disgusting. diet soda. Ugh. And I don't drink soda, but if I'm going to have one, I want a good fountain diet soda from McDonald's with the good ice.
0: You can't say McDonald's.
1: All right, whatever. They've got a patented straw. That's what makes it delicious.
0: Do they have straws anymore? Are you just supposed to miracle it into your throat? (laughs) (laughs) It's like everybody's taking the fun out of life.
1: Fucking paper straws. I can't even
0: use a straw That's anymore.
1: my nemesis. Save
0: the turtles. Fuck the turtles. <laughs> I want a goddamn plastic straw.
1: I know. You t- you kicked off with Coco Melon, put the compost in the compost bin, and I was like, bitch, we don't believe in that shit.
0: I'm just trying to reduce my carbon footprint and be a responsible citizen, Megan.
1: You better take a handful of plastic straws next time you see them out somewhere.
0: <laughs> when Megan and I started dating, again, this was, what, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah. Mm i opened her glove compartment and this is how i knew like even back then she was a complete slob anyways i opened the glove compartment and there's like 36 straws that fall out of the glove compartment and megan in typical megan style went on some long and endless dissertation about how they've eliminated plastic straws from the world
1: they hadn't even started yet i was like forward thinking i knew it was coming
0: that's alcoholism and i've
1: been planning
0: That's alcoholism. Like
1: for the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) In our bomb shelter.
0: You collect straws and I collect guns. Like these are our priorities.
1: In that safe up there, just wait and see. In the bottom container, all plastic straws.
0: I would actually be worried about that if you knew the code.
1: (laughs) I don't. And I don't need it. I don't care.
0: No access. Hide
1: all your things in there, honey.
0: My safe is your asshole. You can't get into my safe, and I cannot get into your asshole. I
1: think that's a fair deal.
0: Makes me envious still.
1: <laughs> All right, so dry January is over. What's up next on the docket?
0: <laughs> then I
1: was thinking about dry January. I was like, is this a made-up thing? And it was, because everything's like made up at some point, right? But then I was like, "Oh, let's also talk about Valentine's Day.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: The next made-up holiday. Thank you, Hallmark.
0: It's a waste of time
1: i'm not really a valentine's day person
0: neither am i
1: i mean i expect a card
0: Ooh, i and, know and we all know i'm not good at delivering cards
1: i'm putting it out here on air card must be there all right fine i don't need a fancy dinner in fact it's kind of like black friday shopping the amateurs are out on valentine's day i agree we like good food good dinner i don't want it on a man-made holiday
0: you know what i will do Because I am such an amazing husband, and I will deliver. Uh, I will take you up to the club for the Valentine's Day brunch.
1: No, I don't like a brunch. We've talked about this.
0: Yeah, but we have a minimum we have to spend every quarter.
1: I know, but like, I'm not a good... So shut
0: the fuck up, be grateful, and eat the goddamn brunch.
1: I feel like a buffet brunch is a waste for me, though, because I don't eat that much. And then I'm like, oh, look, I got two slices of bacon and three eggs, and it was $46. Oh, boy. I feel like, I, no, I thought it would be more of like a dinner dance or something. Like, shouldn't it be something like with your sweetheart?
0: Did you just say dinner dance? I
1: don't know. That sounds like really old school country club, doesn't it? I
0: don't want to dance after I eat.
1: Well, I, they probably don't have buffet at the dinner dance. Well, then it defeats the purpose. <laughs> I just want like a shrimp cocktail and, and a know.
0: waltz. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and a <laughs> chocolate lava cake. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm not a Valentine's Day person. I am putting it out there. I expect a card. It may be handmade. That is acceptable in card giving.
0: Ooh, do you want a Peloton on your Valentine's Day card no, too?
1: I will say that I've already purchased your card and a little Valentine's Day token of my love.
0: Ah, oh, that's gay. I know. But that's how I roll. All right, fair enough.
1: Um, But otherwise, it's stupid. Do you think there's a lot of pressure for Valentine's Day? Like, for people that are just dating? Like, starting out? Eh,
0: I think there are definitely some expectations, kind of like you and your card. Uh, I think it's almost expected. I don't know, maybe... If we were younger, there would be lingerie involved or chocolate-covered strawberries or...
1: You could keep the strawberries.
0: You know, something like that. But I don't know.
1: No, like, I don't want jewelry. I don't want any of that business. I also... You know what else I don't like on Valentine's Day? Delivered flowers. Oh. Stop by the Costco on the way home. Get the fourteen ninety nine roses. I'm very happy with that on, like, a random Wednesday. I think that's lovely. But the $100 for the roses delivered, can't stand that.
0: No, I agree with that. So cliche. It's a waste.
1: No, like do something meaningful. I actually, and you know, I never talk about my ex-husband on this, but I will right now. You know I love to. I always used to get the dozens of roses delivered on Valentine's Day. So
0: wait, let me just properly introduce. So this is Megan's first husband. Complete knob. Forehead as tall as the day is long parents hated him even his own parents hated him but
1: stop knock oh, it off too much yes always okay. always too much I'm not saying anything negative I'm just saying always sent the fl- and it that was good intention I'm sure it's very good intention
0: until he punched you in the face but for after. the
1: hundred dollar roses there's a lot of things I would have liked for a hundred dollars
0: okay such as this is where I collect ideas
1: um, like, well, back in the day, I remember thinking, like, I used to like those little Alex and Annie bracelets, or, like, a pair of Tom's shoes, or, hey, I made you an appointment to get a mani-pedi, or why don't you go get a massage, or you can actually grocery shop alone, even though it's a Saturday, I'm going to give you that time, even though i <laughs> no. claim them all as my own. <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, something like that goes up. A- a- a lot farther for me.
0: So first of all, Cupid should have scheduled Valentine's Day for during the week because like that's selfish on Cupid's part. I think it's Sunday this year. I forget. My weekends are my weekends. Right. Second of all, I would, you know, I am not opposed to getting you a massage, you know, package or whatever. The problem with that is I will inevitably get myself a massage package.
1: No, I understand that.
0: So like now we're into, you know, yeah, we're like massages, 300 dollars in, yeah, 300. <laughs>
1: 1500? Cuz you can't just get one.
0: Not only that, but like I want the lava rocks and I don't want the lava rocks from like the river out back. Like I want them imported <laughs> from fucking Hawaii. Was
1: just say. And then you I want them you still to molten.
0: Put your finger in my bum for an extra 20. That's so wrong. It's not wrong. It's what the customer wants. It's customer service. You're
1: a happily married. Man, those jokes aren't funny.
0: It doesn't mean They that, are
1: funny. They just can't be real.
0: I'm not open to like a random person massaging my prostate.
1: I'm not open to that for you.
0: It doesn't it doesn't mean anything. I have no feelings for the random m- massager of the prostate.
1: It means I'm literally going to kick your ass. But knock I, it off.
0: I love you and I'm committed to you. <laughs> she meant nothing to me
1: yeah 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 okay <laughs> anyways so valentine's day is around the corner and i wasn't saying that like you should get me a gift not at all actually because no
0: that's that's exactly what you do it's like the peloton we talked about that on the show and then all of a sudden there was a blowout because there was no peloton no, the
1: gift i got you cost nine dollars like it's not a serious thing there's no i don't want some broke giving. ass nine that's exactly gift. what i got you get the
0: fuck out of $9. here nine dollars the worst gift ever and i haven't even seen it yet you're gonna love it probably i know
1: um i'm just saying for the hundred dollar delivered roses there's a lot i would like for a hundred dollars
0: all right fair enough
1: all right what else you got honey
0: i don't have anything else i'm uh, actually getting a little bit anxious because i can hear the bird dog upstairs trouncing around it she's probably walking on the ceiling because the dog is fucking nuts so in closing
1: Congrats to dry January and fuck you, Cupid.
0: <laughs> that, that about sums it up. All right. Oh, and don't forget, we're looking for uh, peddlers for Team Foster. Say goodnight, darling.
1: Good night. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic.
0: I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out.